0: are you single dating engaged maybe you're even married welcome to the month of love
1: this is the fyi podcast we're your hosts josiah and micah kennedy we're in a series the whole month of february called love sex dating and waiting these episodes in this series are presented by our partners at covenant eyes if you want to experience freedom from the shame and the chains of pornography Covenant Eyes is an accountability software that is so amazing. You can get your first month free with promo code YOUNGADULTS, Y-O-U-N-G, A-D-U-L-T-S, no spaces, YOUNGADULTS at CovenantEyes.com or use the link in the show notes.
0: Yeah, and if you want to take your singleness, dating engagement to the next level and bring Christ back into the center, you have an opportunity to check out MicahKenele.com where you can get your very first leather-bound journal, which is specifically designed to help you center your life around Christ, in your single dating engagement and even your marriage for your friends who are wondering how you're doing it you get to journal to your future spouse and give this to them on your wedding night where you get to pray journal read scripture and learn how to fast for your future spouse
1: It's amazing again micakennelly.com while supplies $10
0: supplies. off you guys
1: and here's our newest conversation on the FYI podcast. And this is where we talk about faith, life, adulting, finances. We answer your questions and we are in a mini series on relationships. It's called love, sex, dating, and waiting. Today we're joined by our friend, Kristen Ostrom. Welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Hey, thank you guys. Doing really well.
0: Thanks. How are you? We're doing great. We're so happy to have you. And for those of you who do not know Kristen Ostrom, she is an incredible woman of God. She has been dedicating many of her hours and life into elements of her career where she gets to serve women in ministry, Bridging the Gap. If you ever heard anything like that, the Thrive Conference up here in Minnesota for the Assemblies of God. So she's working downtown Minneapolis. Sometimes I pop in, I'm able to say hello to them and the whole team and everything. And we're just thrilled to have you. And we're kind of going to lean into elements of her story today. And we just can't wait to see what God's going to do. So Kristen, for the listener, can you just give a little brief synopsis of who you are, where you've come from, where you're at, and unpack whatever you want to go there for.
2: Sure. Thanks. Well, first, I just want to say thank you for the honor of inviting me today. And thank you for what you both do for young adults and resourcing and encouraging young adults in their journey and their faith journey too. It's, um, I know you had an entrepreneurship, series earlier in the year. And just like the a foundation of business and entrepreneurship being finding a need and filling it. And your ministry is filling a need. It is meeting people where they're at. And so just honor you for doing that and thank you for what you invest in the young adults. Oh thanks for saying that. We appreciate that so much. Yeah. Well part of my story, um, so I grew up in rural Minnesota and I I knew Jesus or I I prayed to Make Jesus my savior when I was about five years old. So I grew up in church and God had just revealed to me at a young age that he was it. He is who he says he is. He's the way, the truth and the life. And so I knew that I would end up living for him and began doing that at a young age. But has it been perfect? No. <laughs> Have I had struggles? Yes. Um, but I I've known that he is who I want my life after. And so as i began to get to know him more uh just our relationship has grown and and regarding this topic of like waiting for a future spouse i didn't date in high school um but when i went to college i went on a running scholarship to the university that i graduated from and um uh, that was just a wonderful experience but i i dated somebody or went on a couple dates with somebody and i was really interested in someone there but i just had felt like one day that god had specifically said this is not who i have for you and and so it was really uh difficult for me but i just wanted to follow him in that and so that's kind of how i've how i've lived my life is trying to hear what he's saying trying to hear how he's directing me and then going with what he's saying so after college ended up um, moving back to minnesota and Uh, long story short, I've now been working in women's ministry for nine and a half years, like you said, and that's been a total joy. Um, and that's part of my, yeah, part of my story, I guess, of how I've, how I've gotten to where I'm at with my career. I could share more of the story of where I'm at with singleness, but, um, but yeah, back in Minnesota.
1: It's amazing. And I think that, I mean, here's even a, like one Added element to mm-hmm. to just the conversation is I remember being, gosh, starting on staff at a church where I served in ministry six years, and I was the only pastor on staff who was single. Like mm-hmm. all the other pastors had spouses, we would participate in events like the pastor spouse retreat. And what's crazy is I never thought it was odd or awkward. They just yeah. really embraced. It. They they you know I was one of the younger people on staff. Um, And other people were maybe a few seasons ahead. Maybe they had kids or even grandkids or they were married. And what I loved about my experience in ministry, and I know this is not everyone's experience, but I just had a great experience in ministry in singleness and serving. And I felt like I had a lot of time. I had a lot of energy. Uh, But any thoughts on comments? I know that's off script, but you kind of went there serving in women's ministry and you're single in the process. What's that been like?
2: Yeah, it's been it's been a great experience in a lot of ways. I think um, some for me is just what I've learned from all of the women that I've been able to serve with just leaning from everybody. I think in every season that you're in, you can consider it as a learning opportunity because we always want to be growing. And so with just being surrounded by strong women of faith and just learning from them, it's been awesome. Like you said, being at different co-ed events though, as a single person, it's like, uh, I've been blessed that people don't people don't shame that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we're all in just different stages, um, but I have kept my eyes open for sure. And um, so I was going to say that, you know, since college and until now, I've dated other people and have just been blessed, I guess, by the people that God has allowed me to get to know. And they're very respectful and God honoring and kind people and just, um, just haven't, haven't had his green light yet. On them being the person, but that hasn't diminished the opportunity to to just live where you're at in the season that you're in. and you can have a full life as a single person while still having the desire for the next stage.
0: Yes, I think that's so good. Kristen, even for the listener who is like, we talked to so many young adults and they literally wish that they were married yesterday but they say like, well, I'm not who, like, I'm not even who I want to be if I were married right now. So even just in the season of singleness, like, like you even alluded to like being a lifelong learner, being willing to grow, being willing to take every single opportunity and learn something from it, I think is something that is beautiful. And to even pray in a season of singleness, when you're walking to a room, it's like, okay, Lord, show me attributes of a good and godly man that I should start praying for, because there are lots of good characteristics, probably in three to four different guys. Now, God knows the desires of our heart. and He knows what we need even before we need it. But sometimes when you see somebody not as a potential suitor, but as a brother in Christ, you're like, I love a sense of humor. Like I pray to God, my husband, my future husband has a sense of humor like that. Or, oh my gosh, like he's athletic. Like I hope that he like loves athletic things like I do, like some just commonalities. So in a season of singleness, how can we like, we hyper-focus on what we don't have, Mm. or we hyper-focus on the external things that we're drawn to. But in a season of singleness, it's kind of like when you're a personal trainer and you get put on a diet and, or like a certain regimen for exercise, because you want to lose weight and you want to get in shape. And people would come to me and say, Micah, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. And I would give them a regimen. And they're like, I can't do all of these things. I'm like, no, 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 no. You get to, and you can choose to do all these things. So how can we even flip the script in the mind of our singleness of the negative thoughts that we have or like, just the things like I can't, I shouldn't do this. I can't do that. I'm not getting invited here another, you know, wedding and I'm sitting by myself and there's a plus one on my invitation. Well, how can we focus those positive thoughts and turn them into, um, or negative thoughts and turn them into something positive where we're speaking life and truth into ourselves and into our future and our future spouse?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Something that comes to mind is how are you viewing yourself? Like what is your frame of reference? And are you seeing yourself as a victim? Because when you get that invitation to a wedding and you're like, I don't have a plus one. Well, what are you actually saying about yourself? Is it, um, I I think just being honest with yourself, are you seeing yourself as a victim? Are you seeing yourself at, or in answering even that question of, uh, why did I just get sad about that? Was it because, I don't think I'm going to know anybody. Is it, you know, something practical? Is it, I don't um, like, it's not going to be fun going by myself or is it that I'm seeing myself as a victim? There's again, another wedding, not me, you know, Um, because the way that we view ourselves matters, like it affects our behavior. And along with that, the way that we view God, A.W. Tozer has a quote of, of how, like how we view God. I'm not saying it verbatim, but how we view God, like makes a difference in all of our life. It's one of the, the, the biggest things that we should take note of. And do we see God as good? Do we see God as someone that is caring about our story even more than we do? And he wants to direct our steps even more than we want him to. Um, God is good. And I think that's a foundation, foundational element in any season that we're in, is how are we viewing God, and is our perspective right? And then how are we viewing ourselves and the 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 status that we're in? Is is it a victim or is it um, free and victorious? And as a single person, you are not a victim. You're not a victim to your circumstance. Um, you are just not married.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so, so good. I was I was thinking about this conversation coming in where we've talked during love, sex, dating, and weight. We've talked to, um, a couple who's married. They, they're conversational air next week. We've talked about dating and Mm -hmm. boundaries, but I think singleness is a key component. Mm -hmm. And what I would just say to the listener is that your singleness isn't a status that needs solving. Like it's not that you're not broken in need of fixing. Um, I, I think that God has created the universe in such a way that we were all born single.
2: And sure. so this is mm-hmm. something that
1: Paul writes positively about in all New Testament Pauline theology. It's very complimentary of singleness mm-hmm. and encouraging of it. And Jesus, the person who's the rabbi we're following, we're, we're apprenticing, becoming followers and disciples of Jesus, never married. He was single his whole life. And mm-hmm. so I just, I, I offer that piece of encouragement for the listener to know that you don't have to like wait to start living your life. Right. You're alive today. You're breathing. It's happening and and the more that you can embrace today is the day that God's made and finding things to be rejoicing about, grateful for, glad about. Mm-hmm. It's it's an amazing opportunity and remind us, refresh our memory, Kristen. We've been married and so I don't want to pretend that I I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what it's like to be single that remind us the struggles that sometimes come from singleness.
2: Yeah. Well, there's like the natural one of just being alone more often, I guess you can feel lonely in different situations, but you can feel lonely. I'm sure as as a married person, even, or someone that's in a group of people, you can feel alone, even though there's physically uh, friends around you, but Feeling lonely. You know, that could be one. It could be uh, just the the desire for companionship and friendship and somebody else to share your day with. Um, that's, you know, knowing that somebody cares about what's happening in your life, but loneliness is a big one. If you've ever been um, to holidays and everybody else has their person or their families, and you're the only one that doesn't, and then you drive home again by yourself, like all of those things um, kind of highlight, I guess, that you're by yourself, but, um, kind of the, the victim mentality that we were just talking about, the, the idea of grief can be a difficult thing in singleness. The grief of this is not what I thought my life would look like right now and, or this is a desire, but I don't have it in my hands right now. And so just having like the comparison to what you thought maybe your life would be like, or what you hope it will be and not knowing how to get there. um, (laughs) Sometimes because it's not something that you can just, um, you can't just go buy it at a store. Like I would like a pair of shoes. I'm going to go purchase them. I want to get married. All right you can't do that the same or don't have the same control like you might over other things. And so the, the lack of control, the lack of um, having somebody as a friend um, or the grief factor of just comparing your life to what you thought it would be, those can all each be different things to work through. That's so good. I think just the grief, the disappointment. And for me, I'll even share was like the
0: expectation, mm. like, I took like an inner vow almost by the age of 20 of like, I'm going to be married by the time I'm done having kids at age 30. I will be married by the time I'm 25. We will have a house. We will have kids. Like you make up this life that you hope for. And it doesn't always go that it doesn't always go your way. And I remember praying and I remember God lovingly corrected me in a moment when I was like angry and frustrated and hurt and grieving Um, just to be reminded, like I was invited to 12 weddings in 12 months. That is like a kick in the gut after I stepped out of a seven year relationship. Like what better way to be reminded than you're single, you know? And then you get those invitations where it's like, just you no plus one. I want to be like, how do you know? I don't have a plus one in my life now. You know, it's like, oh, it's just like this internal battle because your, your desire for something is so great. And you feel like God has promised something so strong and you hold it dear to your heart. But he corrected me in this way and the expectations that I had placed on God to fulfill my desires in my timing, he gently spoke to my heart and he was just like, Micah, I never agreed to your expectations. Like I never agreed. Like those were your expectations you placed on me. I never agreed to those. But it doesn't mean that he didn't agree that a marriage was going to be in the future. It was the way in which I threw my tantrum internally. Yeah. Of like, Why don't I have fill in the blank? So I would even say, Kristen, for the person who may find themselves struggling in the season of singleness, how would you want to just encourage them today? Like just to do it well, to keep going, whatever direction you want to go.
2: Yeah. Something that came to mind when you were talking is just the idea of an idol. You know, how in life something can be good and something can even be, like you said, if God God has shown you that he has this for your future but where is your, where is your heart in the matter? Who has your heart? What has your heart? Does God have your heart more than this thing? If he never had that in plan for you, would you be okay? And so just what, like recognizing where your heart's, primary desire is. And in the 10 commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. You know, is God the first one in your life and, or is marriage? And then it's God hoping, hoping that God will fulfill this. Because I, I think in a, in a season of waiting, okay, for one, right now I'm waiting for the next stage of my life. But I know that after that comes, I'll be waiting for something else. So in life, we're always waiting for something. And so this isn't an exclusive time in life when I We'll be hoping for something else. And so it's more about how are we waiting in whatever season we're waiting in than it is the fact that we are waiting for something. And so how are you waiting? Are you growing as a disciple of Jesus? Are you finding joy in living? Are you asking him to fill you with wisdom and the Holy Spirit and walking after him right now? Or are you just looking at the what you're assuming is the prize and wanting that and in trying to, or are you able to live in the next step? What is God's one next step for you? Learning to listen to his voice and taking that very next thing, because it might not be that you get married, like you said, when you're 20, it might be a different windy road, which is actually bigger and better. And part of the large scheme, uh, the weaving masterpiece that God has then just it would have been if he gave that to you right then so good
1: kristen that is powerful we talked last week about you know grace had asked us the question one of our listeners she's like "Hey, talk about boundaries in dating and so we did and we unpacked and i just was like hey Everything we're doing is practicing for the future. And so Mm -hmm. singleness is practicing for the future. Dating is practice for marriage. And you're either practicing for fidelity in marriage or you're practicing for infidelity in marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you hit on of waiting well casts such a clear, bigger picture and vision than just this season now, like how we wait for this season of life it's, it's whatever you, whatever people project onto you as their perceived next step for you. It's like, for us, it was like, we start a date. Well, when are you going to propose? Then I propose. well, when is the wedding day? And then we got married. Well, when, it, when are the kids going to come in the picture? And you're just like, time How
0: do you want? It's like, we just had one, we just off. had two.
1: People don't even know if they can have right. children. So yeah. like, there's so many variables to the story that it's just like, oh my gosh. And then it's like, you do have for us, we had Aurora. Are you going to have more kids? And it's just people. Sometimes I would encourage the listener. What questions are you asking people? Are they helpful? Good questions. Are they open-ended? Are they the type of questions that are discouraging subliminally or are they encouraging subliminally? Like, like what is the question behind mm-hmm. the question? And along those lines, go one step deeper if you will, Kristen, and talk for a second about, you know, maybe a person feels like they're watching this on YouTube and they just feel stuck in singleness. You know, how can they become successful in their singleness, wait well, and win in the waiting process?
2: That's good. Yeah, that's a great question. If you're feeling stuck, I think well, firstly, we want, as disciples of Jesus, we want our entire lives to be based on his word. His word is truth. Truth sets us free. His wisdom guides our life. His His word is what we want to always be learning and putting in us. And that's what comes, you know, that it he directs our lives. And so we want to learn his character by learning his word. So that's one of the first things, lean in to his word and listening to his Holy Spirit, learning how to listen. And then another is, being honest with yourself and maybe take out a piece of paper and start writing down how you are feeling. And I've, I've heard this before that if you ask yourself the question, why about five times, you will hopefully get to the source of what it is that you're actually dealing with. Or you could just ask the Holy spirit, what is the source of this? Yep. <laughs> and that's the better way. Cause he actually, he knows uh he knows what you are, you know, Dealing with, And he knows how to get you out of it. He knows the truth that will set you free. So, um, but say, okay, I'm feeling depressed. Well, why? Well, I'm feeling depressed because I don't have such and such. I don't have any friends. Well, why don't you have any friends? Well, it's because I feel insecure. Well, why? So you asking yourself why back to what the, what the root might be and then working on that. And so I'd say another thing, if you're feeling stuck is don't est- underestimate the practical, or wisdom, wisdom is of God. And, you know, if you're desiring to meet somebody, but you never leave your house, what is the wisdom in that? If you are, like, I work in women's ministry, if I never (laughs) go to any co-ed events, uh, I have less opportunity to meet guys, there might be some there, but just the wisdom in living is also part of becoming unstuck from wherever it is that you're at. Just like with exercise, you know, I, I feel stuck in the, in my health journey. And so now what should I do? So don't continue doing the same thing that you have been doing. Otherwise there will be no change. Um, you maybe want to talk to someone, you know, find a friend, find a counselor, find a pastor, someone that you can start talking through because when we're stuck sometimes it's hard to see outside of the, the cycle that you've been in. And so getting another outside perspective can be really helpful. Somebody that will speak the truth and love or will confront you or ask you a question that this gets you to think differently um, or might challenge you to step out of your insanity cycle. Yeah. It's,
1: it's so funny. I see it this way. Like, you know, you could pray like, God, send me a spouse but if you never leave your apartment or your dorm or your house, unless it's like you're ordering a lot of Uber, the the, the pool is it's just really it's it's like okay, he's like, okay, you've been invited to all of these things, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and you can't just expect like somebody could show up at your door, but is that who you're really after?
0: <laughs> right. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. I love it.
1: True story too. Um, and I'd love your thoughts on this. Some of our friends, this is a true story. On our other podcast, we had a guest who's a young adult pastor, and he went on a blind date. His now wife, she was a guest on a different podcast, like this one, a lot like this one. And afterwards, the mm-hmm. host of the podcast was just like, Hey, you know, are you open to, to going on a date? Like just meeting somebody? Like, are you available? Essentially, is what mm-hmm. he was asking. And she's like, yeah, totally. They went on a blind date. They're married to this day.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So well, if a I'm guy so happy. if
1: a guy's listening to FYI right now and and he reached out to you, like what, what would you say? No, I'm just kidding. We're not telling you it, but I'm not putting you on the spot.
0: Oh my gosh, that's too funny. But I think getting back to that root that Kristen, I think you touched on, most roots come from a deep-seated wound or fear it can be fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of putting yourself out there, fear of failing like so many different things that i think people are scared of. So even just like asking the holy spirit like you said, lord, show me what am i afraid of? Yeah. Am i afraid that somebody is truly going to love me? Am i afraid of being accepted by somebody because of my past? Am i scared to share my dreams, my aspirations? Like you could only know somebody so deep due to conversation. Like You can, how do we get to know somebody spending time with asking good questions, getting in the same room with eyeball to eyeball across the table.
1: Well, even talk about you sometimes shared. There's a difference between a good guy and a godly guy.
0: Oh yeah. Well, we've talked to so many good Christian women that are truly desiring a good and godly man. And they go on these first dates and it's like, they'll just blurt out in the first half an hour. I don't know if I can wait to have sex before marriage. And she's like, okay, but you say you love Jesus. Yeah, but I don't think I can wait. Okay, so then are you truly living out the word of God? Clearly you're not, or your lust in your heart are just running wild. So I think what God showed me early on in my probably like my mid twenties, and he spoke this to my heart. And it's like, uh, a, godly guy, a, a godly guy will lead you to the foot of the cross, not the foot of the bed. Hmm. And I think when I hear all these women say, yeah, I went on this date with this so-called Christian guy we're there for an hour having supper and he's blurting out all this stuff that he can't wait for until marriage. Like he wants tonight if I would offer it to him. And I'm like, that is not godly. That is not fun. That is not even a true representation of Christ or even a discipler of Christ or a disciple of Christ. So I would say for any of the listeners, if you're a woman, you're saying yes to every date. And this is the first conversation when a guy says, I can't wait to fill in the blank.
1: Hey, you don't wow. need to sell Yeah.
0: Don't settle along the way. So
1: And unpack lust versus love.
0: Oh yeah. I think one thing I would encourage, I just want to say this. If you're a male or female listening, it doesn't matter if you desire marriage someday and you desire to have an amazing marriage with an incredible spouse, don't just settle. But in the season of singleness, start praying that God would tame your heart because when our heart is not tamed, it takes us to places we shouldn't go we settle along the way. We see yes to everyone except for the one. And it just creates a lot of heartache in the process. So I would say the difference between love and lust is love is what can I do for you? Like when you get married, it's like, Josiah, I'm like, I say, how can I bless you today? Like, what can I do for you? What would make your day better? Is it a run? Is it your favorite meal? Like, what can I do for you? cause you're there to serve. When you get married, your job is to serve the other person, like not even job. It's your honor to serve the other person, not just in the bedroom. I'm just talking like every day living together and lust, I would say is definitely what can I get from you? So when you're sitting across the table and the first thing of a guy's mouth, the first half hour, I should say is I don't think I can wait for marriage or until we do stuff. Okay. Definitely. He's saying, what can I get from you? So even just like love is what can I do for you in a gentle, sincere way and lust, whether you say it or not in your heart is saying, what can I get from you? Mm -hmm. And that can be instant gratification. That can be, you're going to fulfill and plug a hole in my heart of loneliness. You're going to be my companion. Like it doesn't even have to be a physical or a sexual lust. It can just be an element of an idolatry that is or idol in your heart. That's taking, you know, some form. So for sure, that's what I'd say. And just before we throw back to Kristen, do you have something for her? Mm -mm. Okay. But we talk about five different things. So there's a five finger kind of just inventory that we just want to encourage everybody with. And we'd love to hear your thoughts, Kristen, if you agree or disagree about this. So just, do you want to unpack those?
1: For sure. On FYI, sometimes we'll ask like, Hey, what questions do you have? And Undoubtedly any time in the relationship series, it's just like, hey, what what's what does a I godly do? person look like? Yeah. What am I looking for in a future spouse? And I think that ultimately it's kind of like the hand is something that we teach is there's just five things that there's other lists and attributes, of course, but broad speaking, I think a great vision before you're holding hands before you, while you're still getting to know somebody, mm-hmm. if you can find out these five things, it's huge, huge, huge. And it's, is Christ at the center of their life? Are they a Christian? Because if it's not, you're unequally yoked and it's a thumbs down or no a thumbs sacutate. up. Yep. <laughs> The So it's Christ. And then the direction in life is like a compass. Mm -hmm. Are you headed in the same direction towards Christ or just like, what kind of path are you on? Communication. I mean, people communicate with their middle finger and it's not something we endorse. It's just like all the time. But if you're going to be in a relationship, one of the great challenges for people is communication verbal nonverbal texting calling emailing all of it mm-hmm. and then ring finger it's like you better be committed and they better be committed to the, the relationship and forsake all others and you're not one of many options for them you're they're committed yep. and then the last thing is chemistry and i think that's where a lot of us like settle is like, oh, but That's where they're so right? Yeah, exactly. Chemistry. They're they're yeah. starting or settling with chemistry when it's like that is a part of the the picture, but it's not the biggest part. It's actually maybe one of the
0: smallest parts. Well, and here's the thing I don't think a lot of people talk about. Um, sex does not like bring people together to live a good and godly life. It's Christ at the center of every marriage that's going to impact all these other areas. Right. So it's like
1: the impossible. Yeah. Is Jesus. Yes. Jesus.
0: Yes. So it's like, you can't go to chemistry right away, expecting full fulfillment out of mm-hmm. all of your insecurities. No, no, no. Christ comes first. So even unpacking that. So Kristen, would you agree or disagree with the five fold fingers.
2: <laughs> well, I love that the analogy. And it's right there in front of you on your hand. But I like how the very first one is either a thumbs up or thumbs down. It, that is it. And if, you know, even in the pool, like if people are going on these dates and having that question posed, like, are you in the right pool? Are you even mm-hmm. looking in the right pool? If you're on a dating app, do you have your filters set to who you want? Who has the same values? You know, if that's what we're looking for, is people with like-minded values, which Christ being the center. So I love that thumbs up down. Yeah. Each of those things makes sense as being important.
1: What about you wrote recently a book called win the weight. And are there any other last thoughts that you have hope for the listener encouragement Mm -hmm. along the lines of they want to win the
2: weight. Yeah. Um, I would say, so the weight in the title of this book is not is not solely related to abstinence, but that's kind of a given. It's, it's about stewarding this season of your life and walking after God, growing in God and doing it his way. So walking by faith, I guess is how I would summarize it being a steward to walk and live by faith. And so if you want to win in whatever season that you're in, um, learn how, like get as close to God as you can learn his word as much as you can listen and walk after him. And if you are in your decisions, daily decisions that you're making, if you're choosing his way, you just are winning. If you are choosing kindness more than selfishness, you just won in that decision. So as a single person, if you are listening to him, it says in Proverbs, three, five, and six, we know this one, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. So if you don't lean on your own understanding, but you're trusting him, you are just winning right there in that decision. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, he will direct your path. So acknowledge the Lord, walk by faith, you just acknowledged him, and he said no to this person, or he's, he's giving you peace. Yeah, try another date, try another, you know, like you're winning when you're walking by faith after him.
0: That's so good. I love that. So good.
1: I mean, just before we close, is there any other thoughts you have or questions for us, Kristen?
2: Okay. One question I have for you is you have a successful marriage and when both of you were in this stage, how did you wait or what did you feel like was a successful way of waiting that you are grateful for that you did? Yeah. Go first? It's a
1: phenomenal question. And I think the further into the future that we can think in young adulting, the better and really in all of life, the, the further into the future, mm-hmm. I think that's where wisdom comes in is what is something that your future self will thank you for. Mm-hmm. I haven't met anyone who has said the following statement. I wished that I wouldn't have waited and I did wait like I I waited mm-hmm. for Micah and I have no regrets on that like I if anything there's decisions that I made out of sin or things that that I regret and every decision that we make is a story that we tell
0: mm-hmm. someday
1: and I think that as a young adult I'm so glad that I somehow got a hold of um it was a series that andy stanley taught at the time called the new rules of love sex dating and i feel like god intersected i was probably 17 mm-hmm. 18 years old and i feel like some of the questions and some of the challenges that he shared from scripture i think it just saved me from a world of heartbreak and hurt mm-hmm. and hurdles and hang-ups and i'm just grateful for that like he goes as far as to say like hey if there's challenges that you're facing in your singleness, go the next year without dating. Yeah, and I'm like, I took the one year challenge, and I'm glad that I did. So that his whole thing with that series is like, become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. And at first, I was confused, but if you slow down, Andy talks fast, but it's mm-hmm. like what he's saying is become in my world, like the the message I got is like Josiah, become the best. Disciple of Jesus, the best version of you, so that when you meet Micah, you're actually the person that she's looking for. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, man, that set me free. Man, that helped set me on a different trajectory. And was I perfect? Not at all. But I think that I'm really glad that the story that I got to share with Micah was the one that she was worth waiting for. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I would answer it.
0: Yeah. I think for all the women out there, I think there's there's power in when you understand two things, when you understand who you are in Christ and whose you are, who you are and whose you are in Christ are two extreme things that will give you confidence, will set you free and help you to live the single life or the season of life that you're in without putting your life on hold in for sake of a man or for sake of a marriage or whatever your future dream is. It doesn't say stop living. And when you have a ring, then you can start. Like I would even say what I started doing in my early to mid twenties was I was praying, fasting, reading the word of God and journaling. When you start doing those four things, Mm. when you're in scripture, you can't help but to be encouraged because you will understand the identity that God has given you. And you will understand how to live out the attributes and God God gives us guardrails to protect us before marriage. He gives us guardrails even in marriage. Right. And I think when you can do or begin to start those four things, your confidence. So you're not looking for a man to complete you, you know, who you are and whose you are. So you know that you're living on purpose and in God's will each and every single day. And you're inviting God into that because if you don't have God first in your singleness, you will never have God first in your marriage. There is no other way to say it. If God is not first in your singleness, he will not be first in your marriage. And when you do have that out of context, you will think that that other person is your God and you may not say it, but your heart is there. Like I'm, why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not whatever? It's like, oh, I'm looking at this person to satisfy my spiritual growth, my emotional growth, like all these different things because what we do in our singleness and how we steward our singleness is going to be a reflection of who we were and who we're going to be and become in the future in our marriage. And a guy's or woman's job is not to complete you. It is to compliment you in the process of getting married, complimenting your, your skill sets, your times, your treasure, your abilities, your personalities, like you bring out the best to each other and you sharpen. So In the wait, it's, it's preparing for something. You're always preparing for something. And I think when you can think heaven minded and you begin anything with the end in mind, our marriage, we began with the end in mind. Who do we want to be at 70? What, what legacy do we want to live and leave? That's going to outlast us, not Mike and Josiah, but the impact that we have the ability to have on others. We all do. And Mm -hmm. so when we start doing, I think, praying, fasting, journaling, and reading scripture, You won't settle and there won't be fear in your heart. There'll be a confidence and a boldness that will burst forth in you. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's a wonderful feeling to know that you can live fully free, fully satisfied in Jesus and not have to be in a relationship to feel value. So that's what I would say.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. Really good. I like how you said having the end in mind because how do you want to be? How do you want to be as a person? Not just what do you want to have accomplished and did right. you wanted to get married, but who do you want to be? And our habits do make a difference in how we will be in the future too. So backtracking that up to today, like what are my habits like right now? If I'm not ever reading the Bible, will I even know more of the Bible by next year at this time? So the end in mind is really wise. Yeah. Thank you. That's so good
1: phenomenal well kristen we just acknowledge you for Mm -hmm. thanks for taking this time Mm -hmm. to have a conversation i know we were blessed by it i know that Mm -hmm. the listener is going to be encouraged yeah and we will link um your book win the weight in the show notes so people can check it out and find it where books are available but we're so grateful for you thanks for your time today
2: thanks for having me this is great
1: this is the fyi podcast (laughs)